Open our eyes, Lord, that we might see. Open our ears that we might hear. Open our mind and our heart that we might understand so that we will turn to you and live. Amen, amen. Well, I'll begin this morning with a little bit of a confession. Um, Perhaps I'm not the only one who struggles with this. Uh, but I have a relentless bad habit of categorizing people into simple and flat categories. Uh, Some of this comes from my own story, a family that was unwilling to be honest about our own complexities and contradictions. And when you're unwilling to be honest about your own, you have little patience for the complexity and the contradictions in others. And one of the things that I have found time and time again is where I am unable to embrace and understand and be curious about the complexity, mystery, and contradictions that God is not. In response to this, any curious person might go, well, how do you know? How do you know that God is willing to be patient with complexities and contradictions? And I think that's a really good answer. And my answer to you would be, have you read any of the stories in scripture? Because the stories that are included in scripture are stories of women and men, of tribes, of groups, of entire nations that you cannot flatten into one simple category. They are together a tapestry of complexity, of contradiction, of mystery, and tangled lives. And I think about this every All Saints, because there is not one saint There is not one saint on this table. There is not one saint in all of our stories that did not live a complex life. And so what do we do with this complexity? What do we do with theologians who were awful parents and spouses? What do we do with authors who had a secret bourbon problem, emotional affairs with their secretaries? What do we do with saints that gave in to the racism and the bias and the bigotry that we would love to just label as of their day? What I think we're meant to do in part is not only speak truthfully and honestly about those parts of their story. Oftentimes we just want to sweep it under the rug, but that is part of the story. It's part of the complexity. And so what do we do with this complexity this morning? What I think we're meant to do, first of all, is to find solace in their humanity. Our own inner complexity, though distinctive to us, joins a chorus of humans from around the globe and throughout the ages, stumbling through the labyrinth that is our inner and outer lives. Maybe another way of saying this is to be human is to be complex. And to be complex is to be human. The other thing I want to invite us to sit with on all this all saints is that holiness not only can be present in complexity, but in some ways I would argue that holiness can only be present in complexity. One of the reasons we spend time remembering and keeping company with the saints is not first and foremost about imitation. It's not about just doing what these women, what these men do and did. They were their own unique person. So where their, their disposition may be conducive to long ascetic retreats in the desert, our souls probably are not. And so what is the point? What's the point of celebrating, of remembering, of thinking? 
the point is not simply to celebrate them and imitate them, then what are we left with? I would say this morning, we are left with God. And this is what I think we're actually supposed to be left with. Because if we're not left with God alone, then we fall into the trap of thinking we can manipulate our lives into a specific type of outcome. In the opening verses of Hebrews chapter 11, there are three stories from the Hebrew scriptures of three individuals who are described as faithful, right? In Sunday school, you learn Hebrews 11 is the hall of what? It's the hall of faith. But each of these three individuals' lives have very different outcomes. Hebrews 11 opens with Abel, whose faithfulness gives way to what? His own brother Cain murdering him. And so the outcome of Abel's faithfulness is he dies. Right, go and do likewise. The very next individual in the next verse is Enoch, who, if you're familiar with the story of Enoch, lived prior to Noah's flood. And the scriptures tell us that the outcome of Enoch's faithfulness was that he did not die. God, on a walk with him one day, just goes, Enoch, you want to come home? And Enoch goes, I think I do. And God takes him away. So Abel is faithful and dies. Enoch is faithful and doesn't die. And then the very next verse, the very next character is Noah, which all of us probably know the story of Noah. And so Abel, faithful, does not die Enoch, or, and dies. Enoch is faithful and doesn't die. Noah is faithful and everyone else dies. And so what is my point? My point is that keeping company with the saints is not primarily a meditation on the results of their lives, of some weird trip down memory lane, thinking about simply their legacy, their impact. Those things are important. Even in our, our colic prayer this morning, we're praying that we would imitate them in their lives with God. But what I think the Spirit is inviting us to do this morning is to draw our attention to what their lives body forth. In a line in A Midsummer's Night Dream, describing a poet, Shakespeare writes, the poet's eye in a frenzy rolling doth glance from heaven to earth, from earth to heaven, and as imagination bodies forth the forms of things unknown, the poet's pen turns them to shape and gives to airy nothing a local habitation and a name. While Shakespeare is describing a poet, I think it's, it, it, this too is an apt description of a saint. These women, these men, in the course of their lives, in their own complex and human way, body forth. The life and the love of God. In their own complex human and holy ways, they looked from heaven to earth and from earth to heaven. They had, uh, from things, uh, they, uh, excuse me, from there, uh, having seen things invisible, make them visible with their lives and their lives in their own ways, some more obvious than others, not better, just different. Their lives have bodied forth the goodness, the mercy, and the love of God in our midst. In some ways, this is the aim of the entire Christian life of what it means to follow Jesus, to love God and with God love our neighbor. It is what it means to be saints, to glance from heaven to earth and from earth to heaven and then to body forth. In our epistle reading that you heard Emma read this morning, we are given a glimpse in revelation of God's deepest desire. John the Beloved writes, look, God's dwelling place is now with his people and his people's dwelling place is with their God. 
like the poet's pen and Shakespeare's sonnet, the saint's life makes, even in the smallest, most ordinary ways, invisible things visible. It gives, to, it gives the goodness and the mercy of God shape and form in our midst. It gives to airy nothing, a local habitation and a name. That phrase, it gives a local habitation. Saints are women and men who God has made his home with and who have made their home with him. Their lives, their stories, their vocations, their backgrounds, their very lives were local habitations with God in the very givenness of their life. They bore witness to the God who is loved, to the one who is seated on the throne, who says, behold, I am making all things new who stood before the tomb of Lazarus and said, come out with tear-stricken face. This is a saint. This is a saint. A woman, a man who has made their home with God and whom God has made their home with him. We are surrounded by saints whose story we do not yet fully know even as we look back now on those whom we know how their lives ended. And so with this, and this is actually something we did as a community a couple years ago before even I was here, but I want to close this time with a litany in the arrangement of Hebrews 11 that was adapted from Amy Davis Abdallah. I believe Brendan and Wynn were at a Missio Alliance conference when she did this. And so we used it a couple years ago, and I want to bring it back into our community, this All Saints We're going to use this litany as we remember together women and men who body forth in shape and form the immeasurable love, beauty, mercy, and goodness of God. Many of their pictures are here on the table this morning. And so let's listen now to the story of the saints. By faith, Mary Magdalene was healed by Jesus and became one of his most dedicated disciples. She risked everything to move into spaces previously only reserved for men in her day. She was the first to see the resurrected Christ and being sent by Christ as the apostle to the apostles to tell his friends that the grave had now become the doorway to life. By faith, John the beloved, whose head rested on Christ's chest, who was exiled to the island of Patmos, where he received a vision of the one seated on the throne, who then wrote to the church's letters and a gospel account telling the story of the one whom he loved above all others. By faith, Lydia prayed with the women by the river at Philippi, where the Lord opened her heart to the preaching of Paul and of Silas. She was the first European convert, and by faith, she opened her home to them and hosted Christian gatherings. She joined them in preaching the gospel to all. By faith, The Apostle Junia preached far and wide alongside her husband. By faith, they continued to preach and then suffered martyrdom. By faith, Phoebe served the church as a deacon. Paul entrusted the letter to Romans to her because of her faith. By faith, she was the benefactor of many, including Paul. By faith, Anthony of Egypt went to the Egyptian desert to live in complete solitude. His life attracted followers and led to the founding of monasticism, a tradition that continues today, inviting women and men into a life given solely to prayer and service with God for the sake of the world. 
by faith, Thecla left her family and fiance to follow Paul and his teachings about Jesus. She committed herself to celibacy, the performance of miracles, and serving as the apostle to Iconium and other lands. By faith, she escaped multiple attempts on her life, was hidden in a cave, and is finally remembered as the first martyr and equal to the apostles. By faith, Perpetua confessed Christ and was imprisoned. She refused to worship the emperor, an act that would have freed her. By faith, she received visions that encouraged her. By faith, Marcella founded a convent and wrote to Jerome to challenge and hone his biblical scholarship. By faith, she replaced Jerome in his absence from Rome and taught everyone, including priests. By faith, Hildegard of Benin received mystical visions from the Lord, which she recorded. And by faith, she led her order and was commissioned by the Pope to preach and teach. She composed music and poetry and medicine that is still studied today. Her faith gave her the honor of the title, the doctor of the church. By faith, Francis of Assisi abandoned a life of wealth, serving the poor, caring for lepers. Francis, answering the call of God, stripped off his clothes, the clothes of his rich father, and took up the monk's robes. Like Jesus, it was said of Francis that the poor heard him gladly. In fact, the, vote, the most famous prayer ascribed to him, though he didn't actually write it, sums up his life. Lord, make me an instrument of peace. By faith, Argula von Grumbach studied scripture, corresponded with Luther, and wrote an impassioned letter on behalf of Lutheran University students. By faith, she faced, per she faced persecutions, threats, and the rejection of her family. By faith, Harriet Tubman escaped slavery and returned 19 times to the South to deliver 300 fellow slaves. By faith, she listened to God for each route north and never lost a passenger. She is known as the Moses of her people. By faith, Lottie Moon preached the gospel and served the people of China. By faith, she called on others to give to the mission and she still inspires people today. By faith, Howard Thurman, an author, philosopher, theologian, educator, and civil rights leader, played a leading role in many social justice movements of his day. He served as a friend and mentor of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. In fact, Dr. King would carry Jesus and the Disinherited, Thurman's most important book while leading the 1955 to 56 Montgomery bus boycott. By faith, Catherine Booth, wrote an apologetic for a woman's right to preach the gospel. And she then became a powerful preacher and ministered to many through her faith. She's known as the mother of the Salvation Army. By faith, Teresa left her homeland and settled in Calcutta. By faith, she founded the Missionaries of Charity and dedicated her life to serving the poor and abandoned. She opened homes for the dying and believed in human dignity for all. Her faith was internationally recognized by the Nobel Peace Prize. By faith, Dora Yu, though uh, Chinese, preached the gospel in Korea to Korean women. She returned to China, China and gave up her medical practice so she could concentrate on revival preaching. Her faithful evangelism converted Peace Lin and her son, Watchman Nee. She was the main speaker at the British Keswick Convention in 1927. 
by faith, black elk, who was a holy man of the Lakota people, a second cousin of the war leader, Crazy Horse, fighting with him in the Battle of Greasy Grass. After surviving the massacre at Wounded Knee, Black Elk became a follower of Jesus and spent the remainder of his life teaching the Bible, holding mass, preaching sermons, catechizing children, and raising many children and grandchildren. By faith, Reverend Anna Maria Falcon Garcia paved the way for the Iglesia Christiana Pentecostal to ordain women as clergy. The church's constitution was changed as a result of her faith. And today, male and female clergy work alongside by side. And what more shall I say? I don't have time to tell you about Mary, about Mary and the other Mary. I don't have time to tell you about Irenaeus, Joan of Arc, Claire of Assisi, Julian of Norwich, Joseph of Arimathea, John of the Cross, of John Hyde, of Godric, of Kate Luther, of Sojourner Truth, of C.S. Lewis, of Martin Luther King Jr., of George MacDonald, and so many other saints. Of those often overlooked faithful servants, ones who hold no title, book, or bell, those gentle souls, those who are slow healing from hearts broken, but those who were called apostles and sent by Jesus. Some taught in church, some were writers, some prophesied, some received visions, some were burned at the stake. Some left home and family, abandoned hope of what we deem a normal life of stability and of happiness. They were destitute, persecuted, and mistreated, and the world was not worthy of them. All of these were commended for their faith when they died. And together with them, we press on to receive the prize. Friends, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off those things which so easily entangle us, giving us a singular vision. And let us run as partners the race marked out for us. Let us together fix our eyes on Jesus. Let us glance from heaven to earth and from earth to heaven, and let us body forth and shape the form of God's life. May our lives be a home, a place of habitation for both God and for our neighbor. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.